Did, can we talk about voice as in like certain people voices? Are you going to talk about uh, Are we doing Tyler that? Joseph? <laughs> <laughs> Were you asking that seriously or jokingly? Jokingly, but I'm also genuinely I interested. I am going to be oh, talking about Tyler Joseph. Okay. I'm, I now I'm am. faking surprise. <laughs> This is Scott. And this is No Small Thing. Welcome. Okay, so I want to say, I, I didn't realize this before we did this, but I was listening last week, and the reason I was thrown off by our greeting was because I don't say, hey, everybody, it's Scott. I don't say that. I say, hey, everybody, welcome to No Small Thing. I'm Scott. Oh. That's why it felt weird last week. And I just realized that right now as we did it. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, well, yeah. welcome to No Small Thing. <laughs> I'm Scott. <laughs> Macy. <laughs> now we have it. Uh, yeah, because last week I, was, I said, hey, everybody, it's Scott. <laughs> that felt so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're a podcast, so people yeah. know your name, I guess. Yeah. I feel it's like Scott. we should explain No Small Thing where we think that everything is interesting and nothing is too small to not have a conversation. And that is a, a, a practice tagline. We're working on a tagline yeah. slash mission statement. And that's that's the essence of it. The essence. Also, you sent a text recently that was something about like pausing and like looking at the beauty and the small things. Whoa! I forget I what did? it was. Yeah, you said this could be a tagline. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was good. So I liked that. So that's what no small things about. And today's episode is going to be on something that is really no small thing. It's it's about curiosity. I think that's a tag word. That's an important word for us. Oh, uh, that is a tag word. That's Following not our topic curiosity. of today. No, no, I know. Yeah, I know. That sounds confusing. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about the concept of voice. The and if that sounds intriguing, keep listening. Yeah. We're just as intrigued as you are because we don't know what we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have really danced around this topic. But we have some announcements and we're going to try to keep them short. Yeah. I don't even know what their announcements are. They're their announcements as well as... Some preliminary comments. Some preliminary notes, I think. Um, first of all, thank you for listening. If you're listening to us, uh, you've probably found us. And one of our ways you can listen to podcasts, but we'll reiterate that you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Google Play. We're Stitcher. on Google Play now. Stitcher. Yeah. And no, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. So all those places where you could be listening to us and soon we'll be on, I think, Spotify and Overcast. Any, um, any listener out there, we are grateful. Yeah. Thank you. We're thankful for you listening. Um, we wanted to we're share... Not, we're not cocky and arrogant about this. We're, we're really grateful. <laughs> <laughs> did we, were we... Did people think we are? Maybe I'm just paranoid. <laughs> uh, I want people to know how much I appreciate it. I'm like, you know... I we, just we really appreciate it. Yeah. And because we want to read some reviews that people wrote us. Because mm-hmm. it means a whole lot to us. And that is one of the best ways that you can, as a listener, uh, appreciate the podcast is by rating and reviewing. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast. On, on iTunes, right? Can on iTunes yeah, or yeah. I think in other places. Like I don't on, know how to rate on Google or Stitcher. But if you listen, whatever platform you listen on, maybe rate. Yeah. And subscribe. Subscribing yeah, is I, very helpful. If you helpful. listen on um, SoundCloud, subscribe, I think. It's, it's subscribe or like or something. I don't know. But yeah. I think it's subscribing and liking. Uh, uh, I think we have eight SoundCloud subscribers. Yeah, so something that's nice. like that. Thanks, SoundCloud subscribers. <laughs> subscribers. We appreciate it. It's really no small thing to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that catchphrase. Okay, so should we read some reviews? Yeah. I you really want to start? Yeah. You want to start with Reuven? You should read that one. Okay, I'm going to start with Reuven, my fellow Five Wing Four. He's in Indonesia right now, and we miss him. He we lives, in this, so he lives in this house. He does. And, and he hasn't been here. Hi, Reuven. <laughs> We have big plans for Vivian when he comes back. Yeah. We have an idea where we'd have uh, installments every once in a while where we, we'd have a, a part of the podcast called Reuven's Ruminations. Yeah. And it would just be Reuven talking about whatever he's passionate about. And, and uh, it's, we're just hoping he's on board with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just our idea. But he says this. He, first of all, he gave us five stars. Thank you, so Reuven. So let's just let that be a, a something. <laughs> and um, but he says this. I usually don't listen to podcasts, and I don't listen to this one either. <laughs> A great podcast, nonetheless. <laughs> I love that. It might Ruben. be my favorite review. Thank you, Ruben. 
Scott love loves it. that review. I love that review. Okay, the next one is from Lena Lee, who is Justin, who we read earlier. Like He wrote a review. Thank he you. wrote a review. So shout out to Justin. He wrote a review. And then his wife wrote this review. And she said, didn't want to stop listening. You guys are doing a great job. I really like the combination of intellectual stimulation, appreciation of aesthetics. Jeez. Yes. yes. And a relaxed atmosphere of your discussions. So I good. like all the things the we want to hear. And relaxed atmosphere <laughs> comment. It's just really true that, that um, people are picking up on our vibe. Yes. You know, like that that's great. If somebody was like, I love the 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 boring, slow pace of your conversations. <laughs> it's so slow i'd be like wait but they're not i I, I'm like they're missing it you know like I what love the boring <laughs> i don't know i'm just trying to think of like what could be said where it, where it would convey that they're missing it like that's not what we're trying to do but we are trying to do this yeah you know what could someone say that would be a compliment but we're would trying be, to be a compliment but missing us but be missing us yeah i don't know what, or something like, oh, love this. Like, help me to not think about anything. Oh, Just, yeah. like, let me zone out. Or, lo- love, <laughs> this 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 made my perspective so much more solidified. I don't have to ever think again. You know, like, Wait, what? <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're trying to do. <laughs> I figured this problem out once and for all. The topic is settled. <laughs> uh, okay, so I read the next one. Yeah. I like these titles. Uh, if, if you're going to write a review... You have to give a title. Let me just say, ch- let me do a challenge to any listener. <laughs> okay, so so theoretically, we have about fifty. We rev- we have fifty ratings, and then like, I don't know how many reviews, like fifteen, twenty reviews, and uh, so theoretically, there's up to, I don't, there's a lot of people listening. There's more than this. So go, uh, so accept this challenge, <laughs> write a review and then, um, give us, get, do like a creative title. Cause look at these titles. <laughs> Reuven's is what a podcast. The next one is great. This next one is wow. There's other ones like the rants, great curious podcast. We need this real conversation. Okay. Wait, the, your brothers, a cure for cynicism that is might be the my best favorite. one. Uh, that's huge. Thank you, Shane, my brother. Yeah. A cure for cynicism. So let's, that's like the sound of a song or an album. And Reuven, here's the thing about Reuven. He almost took me up on a past challenge, I think. Because I said, give us five stars and write a bad review. Because <laughs> we'll get the five stars. The bad review isn't going to, the words aren't going to hurt us. And then it would be funny. So he didn't give us a bad review. He gave us five stars. So we get the five stars, and then we get a mild roast. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an accurate so, description of it. <laughs> I guess people took me up on that. So, uh, let's he, yeah, he didn't really say anything bad. Just like this is a podcast. Yeah. I don't listen. <laughs> it's good. But I don't even think that's true. I think he listens. But <laughs> it's fine if he doesn't. But um, I, 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 I would say come up with a creative title that's that's almost like a a subtle roast or something. I don't know. Have fun with it. <laughs> subtle roast. It's a, it's a it's a title challenge. It's a title challenge. Okay, this next one, the title is, wow. (laughs) Um, This is Cassie Smiley Face, uh, but it's Cassie spelled with a -A C-A-5-5-I-E. I I love it. Very creative. Uh, This podcast is so much fun to listen to and so wholesome. That's another key word for us. We love the word Mm -hmm. wholesome. The hosts are truly passionate about what they talk about. I enjoy listening to this podcast as I draw or bake. Perfect. I know. Thing to do during podcast, <laughs> And then I can't wait to see how this grows. Perfect Thank thing you. to do while yeah. listening to a podcast. It is. Baker. What do you do while you listen to No bake. Small Thing? Yeah. Tag us in your I, photos. I, I typically, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm typically in the car or doing chores in my house with my headphones on. Chores. Yeah. I probably doing I different things paint. around the house. I'll paint. I'll mm-hmm. walk. Mm-hmm. I listen to podcasts a lot. Mm. While you're doing yoga. No. no, no yoga for me. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> okay, so there, rate and review everybody, and then we also want to talk about yeah. Patreon. Okay, rate you and thank you, thank you guys for thank you for rating that. and, and accept our challenge. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to the Beatty family. True, they, they, they. I think they're the only couple that have both reviewed. Call out to yeah. couples that both need to review. Don't just send one. Couple. Oh my gosh! Get, <laughs> get your whole family involved. <laughs> get your get kids. Get your kids. <laughs> Call everybody your grandma. <laughs> Okay, do you want to talk about Patreon? 
Sure, we're on Patreon. That's all there really is to say, except for that we're on Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way for people who are like, I don't know, beginning to start do something creative to like pool uh, financial support uh, from people who believe in that thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you can become a patron. Um, And basically, you can become a patron to No Small Thing. And there we have like a ton of different tiers. You can do a $1 level, $3 level, $5 level. You'll all get bonus content if you are a Patreon supporter uh, because it's no small thing that you would support us. So we mm. have some well gifts, I guess. Uh, so you'll get like gifts a, like uh, those images on the internet? No, gifts. Oh, oh. Gifts in the form <laughs> of. Um, <laughs> we could get We're some gifs. GIFs. <laughs> we could maybe get some gifs on our Patreon page <laughs> if we would like. I can do that. Matthew made a face. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can't do that. Um, <laughs> is, is it, it GIF, GIF or GIF? It's, I think so. That's why. That's why I thought it was funny that Macy um, said gifts. Gifts. You could get the gift of um, <laughs> ASMR in your ears every week. Bam. Um, as well as listening party for your bonus every week. things. A new listening party for your every week. That would be <laughs> so. Sh- I would. That would have to be my full time job. I know. That was a big one. <laughs> um, big creative feat. There was something else to say about Patreon. Well, I w- I'll say something about Patreon. And here, I haven't talked to you about this, but okay. I have this sort of background goal of of doing like a pilot part two or like an episode on our 20th episode mm-hmm. where we just spend the whole episode r- evaluating, looking back and looking forward. And then it would be like really explaining wh- where we're at in terms of what we want to do. Hmm. So the Patreon thing supports some like some immediate in heavy quotes needs yeah. in heavy quotes. Like it would, it would be nice to have nicer microphones, um, especially for Macy's ASMR. Like we can do a podcast. Our podcast doesn't sound bad. These microphones no. are fine, but yeah. if you want nice ASMR, uh, you got to get a fancy microphone. But before, th- before we do microphones, I think we'd want to do subscription fees for like Spotify and stuff. Yeah. Things like that. Little things like we, there's some basic bottom line things that we want to make sure uh, we cover. Yeah. And then heading out from there, like, uh, the possibilities are endless. And I think we both have like big dreams. And so big like, dreams. to articulate that and then to invite people to support us on Patreon to help make those things happen is pretty cool. Yeah. So I guess that's something to look forward to as a listener, I guess our 20th episode, maybe. Yeah. I think 20th episode, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that will, 20th is supposed to be an Enneagram episode. Oh, maybe it'll be 21 or 19 then. Okay. I want to stick to that commitment. Okay. Yeah, I uh, agree. In theory, it would be a uh, Enneagram 2 episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess look forward to that audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have Katie Thomas on. Yeah. Okay, should we talk about voice? I think that th- those are the things we just wanted to get out of the way and clue you guys into. And when we come back, we're going to start our topic for the night, which is voice. And we're looking forward to talking about that with you when we come back. <laughs> Okay, we're going to invite everybody, including ourselves, right here and now, to just freeze frame that word in your head, voice, Hmm. and think about what it means to you. Think about all of the connotations and implications. Think about it personally. Think about uh, macro, micro, coming in, coming out, you thinking, listening to voices. This is what we're trying to deal with here. And now we're going to try to start somewhere. We're going to have a starting point to this conversation. And that's where you and I are both a little bit like, where does it start? Where does it start? Because it feels so broad. Mm-hmm. And I have an idea, but do you want do you want to start it or? No, no. I think you should say your idea. I I'm still a little bit stuck on where it starts. Okay, here's where I want to start, and then maybe yeah. let's we'll see what you, how you respond. I was proposing that we start with th- thinking about the concept of voice through sort of the spirit of the enneagram. One of the core 
tenets, beliefs, principles, underlying, you know, elements of the Enneagram is this idea of essence. And, and every, every teacher has a different way of talking about it. But it's, it's one of the words that the wisdom of the Enneagram uses as sort of a primary reference point. Yeah. So essence is, is essentially, this is my shorthand way of describing it in real time, is, is sort of our purity, our, mm-hmm. our the, 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 the essential nature of our true identity and how we come into the world innocent, um, pure, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, the, uh, for lack of a better word, fine. Like visually, it's good, it, wholesome. It feel like I think of essence visually as like this, like glowing within, mm-hmm. like a. Mm-hmm. It's like a light within. Essence is like, I don't know. It just it feels like it's a glow. I love that. <laughs> so a glow. So a glow. So thinking about <laughs> spiritually and psychologically, like I, it seems to me as a lay psychologist not I'm not a psychologist but from what I've learned and understood is is part of our problem as humans is that we do tend to look at each other as humans with these black and white dualities and mm-hmm. so we're always mm-hmm. putting people through our filters and we're saying that's a bad person that's a bad trait that's a good trait this is I like this I don't like that instead of just saying actually we're all good here's a really rogue example this is like Love an example of like how Macy right and I don't know what we're talking about <laughs> Like, I saw a Facebook post like five years ago that still irks me to this day. And it was like, if you if anybody knows anything about hats, there's there's new era hats. And everybody knows like sort of the cool, proper, maybe even hip hop way to wear a new era hat is to keep the bill flat and to keep the stickers on. Oh, and yeah. in some ways, which I think is coming back uh, in the 90s when I was like in middle school, it was cool to keep the tags on. Oh, like wow. you walked around with the tags on your hat. <laughs> And I remember this post from a friend of mine back in high school that was like, just did this rant. And it was like, posted a picture of like kind of a baseball cap with the bill folded down. And he was like, here's the right way to wear the hat. Hmm. Here's the wrong way. Flat bill stickers. You take the stickers off. You fold the bill. That's the right way to wear a hat. That's kind of what I'm talking about to a certain extent. It's like, we're judging people that way. Hmm. Here's what a good person like looks like. Hmm. Here's what a good song sounds like. Here's what um, a good opinion sounds like. Yeah. Instead of just taking each other as these beautiful people that we are f- at face value. So uh, let me just say, think about voice on two levels to, on a starting point. We come into the world with our literal, literal voice with our vocal cords. Yeah. And that's a, a good voice. Yeah. And then let's just have that progress into the realm of singing and how we like say, here's how you sing. Yeah. And and we all know, well, we all, Macy and I know especially and others in our tribe, <laughs> that there are different ways of singing and and the the more interesting the voice like Joanna Newsom. Oh. She doesn't sing like a a person oh. that would win on American Idol. You know what I mean? So everybody has she their own voice like that they need to find a way to get out. An angelic elf yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> angelic elf woman. <laughs> but then we also come into the world as we develop with a perspective and that's almost if anybody wants to get some sort of bearing on what we're talking about, uh, the, I'm almost thinking of the word of the word voice as perspective. Hmm. Like it's our perspective. It's oh, our lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the the thing that we're articulating to the world. Like we use okay, our vocal wait. cords. Yeah. What? I want to see what Avery. Oh yeah. Quote was. Macy it was had so a friend. Good. So so you see, this is what I'm saying. You did it with your friend. You did this with Avery. It would have been good to do this with the Instagram community. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I asked her what voice was, and she said what you use to be who you are. Mm-hmm. What you use, yeah, what you use to be who you are. Thank you, Avery. That's such a good And there was quote. another one too, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, how you choose to represent yourself. How you choose to represent yourself. So There's like a conceptual level to voice. Go on a journey with us, everybody. <laughs> we don't know what this means. <laughs> We're talking about it. Voice is no small thing. <laughs> voice, well, because voice is not just, it's your human voice, like the sounds, like sounds, sounds. Sounds, sounds. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of the, what's her name? The person you put on the mix. The very, the very first mix you made me. Oh, Bjork? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In her very beginning, like, interview, she's talking about, like, sounds and mm-hmm. noises, and I just mm-hmm. make these noices. And mm-hmm. it's like, so voice is on some level just, like, the literal what we hear. Like the sound waves, the voice. Yeah. But then voice is also 
What, like, can you read it again? What was the last one Avery said? The last one Avery yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> the way we choose to... How you to, choose to represent yourself. How you choose to represent yourself. Okay, so let, I want to use that. Your literal vocal cords and how you use those. That's your voice. And also how you choose to represent yourself. And I would say perspective. These are the things we have been given to toy around with tonight. <laughs> yeah, it brings an interesting discussion, true, too, of like voice. Yeah, and how you choose to represent yourself. Because it isn't like a person has a voice, even if they may not be able to actually audibly like make a noise. Mm -hmm. They still like possess voice. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. Excellent point. Uh, Important point. And the next step was, was to think about this idea that I don't even know. Well, I guess I'm interested to hear your perspective. About well, this this thought is is like, uh, how, however you want to use the word calling, mm -hmm. to think that we're all called for a purpose. We all have a role in this world, a part to yeah. play. Yeah, we all have a voice, not just to lend the world for the sake of fun and entertainment, but mm. for the sake of building a better world. Mm. And every voice is important and essential. I think. Yeah, I think that, like. Well, first of all, scientifically, every voice is specifically unique. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds incredible, like, in its own way unique. I don't know. A voice is interesting because people are like, well, you don't want someone's voice to be too strong. And maybe they may be, like, not in, like, a good place or, like, they may misuse their voice. But at the end of the day, I also just think that everyone's voice matters and has some validity. Yeah. In terms of every voice matters, I guess maybe, maybe I would say... <laughs> as like a white man living in the world, you know, a middle-class white man. Uh, I feel like it's my sort of quote-unquote calling to make space yeah. in whatever way I can. It's, it's not that I'm not, I'm not supposed to necessarily minimize my voice or not use my voice, but the way I use my voice is precarious. You know, like I shouldn't be forcing my voice around in the world. There are other people that actually probably should be forcing yeah. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I guess right now we're sort of in the perspective realm right now, not necessarily like singing or how we use our voice. Oh, yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll come, we come back and forth. But like, <laughs> this is a thought that came to my head. It's a memory, and it's weird that I even bring this up. But, like, oh, again, I, I've said this on the podcast. of like, look something up. But, like, look this up because it's profound. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's one of those rare moments, especially in our culture now, holy cow, with, like, Donald Trump, where you're, like, sort of inspired and proud of a white man. <laughs> this like really happens, <laughs> but like um, it was here in Seattle, and Bernie Sanders was doing a rally, mm -hmm. and these women from Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. interrupt his speech, mm -hmm. and it's just every moment is worth dissecting because Bernie <laughs> Sanders is about to come up, and he's got like his guy that's introducing him. Mm -hmm. So these two black women come up, very powerful, wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts, kind of chanting and and sort of try to grab the mic from this other white man that's introducing Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. And he keeps holding onto his podium mic very hard, and mm -hmm. he keeps saying, after Mr. Sanders, after Mr. Sanders. Mm -hmm. And that's in and of itself an interesting moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you could dissect that whole thing. <laughs> yes. And they're just not having it. They're like, no, no, not after Mr. Sanders. So they eventually get control of the microphone, and... Bernie very aggressively folds his arms and stands in the background and gestures to them like the mic is yours. Hmm. You know, like I'm stepping back. I'm not going to fight you. And he very much not only gives them all the space in the world, but afterwards when he's interviewed, he's like, it's important that we listen to this voice. This is the whole point of my campaign. Like we heard what we needed to hear today, you know. Hmm. And that's just a great example. I mean, I'm not like I'm not like saying celebrate the white man here. <laughs> you know, it's because honestly, at the end of the day, it's the least he could do. But it's a, such a rare gesture. It's something yeah. that you want to point to other white people and white men in particular and say, here's an example of what it would look like. Because yeah. I think sometimes they don't even know what you're talking about. This just makes me think of, so today at work, so I have a new job and I'm working at like the world's coolest preschool. <laughs> it's so cool. And this one person was giving a report today about her trip to New Zealand where she was learning about how they're doing immersion curriculum on pre-elementary, like, like young childhood teaching and wow. how they're we're doing it in New Zealand. And for years and years and years, the curriculum had been all English based and it had been like European based basically. And the country as a whole, like decided 
that, like, what they had done to, I forget the name of the indigenous people in New Zealand. I only heard the presentation for, like, a half hour. Uh, it's not, like, Aborigine? No, it starts That's with an Australia. M. It starts okay. with an M. But, um, anyways, basically, the country decided that they had, like, through colonization destroyed the voices of this indigenous mm. people mm. and the only way to like really restore it was through reparations and then through education mm. and so as a country their like initiative is to like teach that language and like give a voice wow. to the indigenous people like as like a country they're starting to like do that work and we as like a staff then later we're talking about we're having discuss like having conversations about anti-bias uh, we were having uh, discussions about how we can best hear all the voices of the people in our community. And like that was our staff discussion See, today. honestly, though, <laughs> even as we're saying this, this is like another part of our mission statement. Yeah. I, I'm feeling pretty like electrified by that. Yeah, it was super special. And we talked, um, I mean, we talked about this. It's a skill. It's really a skill. Um, it's something that, first of all, I don't know if we're going to, we're really going to talk about this, but like, if you didn't know this, it is an unconscious thing that men talk in a table, like table discussion or their voices are a lot more prominent in most mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like discussions. Talk about it. There, like That's just like the reality that we live in. And uh, for a long time, anyone who wasn't a white male wasn't invited to the conversation. And, and that's passed down. Yeah. And like, if you like look back at conversations, there's, I probably could go find studies and post it, but like women get interrupted like significantly more in conversations and like talked over. Mm. And so like in our classes in one of my classes of reconciliation, we were taught to like men were taught to like, if you see that happening, say something like, Oh, this person over there was trying wow. to say something like ah. to point it out and not just like let it happen because women are on some essential trained by example that they don't have a voice because mm -hmm. for so long it's not modeled. Mm -hmm. So so huge. And and that just brings up even just you and my relationship. I feel like we're both interrupters. Yeah. And I, we but are. we talked about this that we we don't mind the interrupting. Yeah. But I still have to work on interrupting. Well, I I think first of all, it depends on the kind of conversation. Like when I'm thinking of a classroom setting, um I know that I'm I'm significantly more scared to speak than in a normal conversation mm. in a classroom. And, like, I didn't understand what it was for so long. But specifically, like, especially in, like, theology in classes, I was like, I don't even know if I should belong in this classroom, so I probably shouldn't say anything. Mm. And then I would because I'm a verbal processor and had to. But it's really, like, rare. There's a lot of statistics also about that women in classrooms don't typically participate, which they're missing out in participation <sighs> because they, I don't know, don't feel safe, maybe don't trust their voice. It's not modeled. A lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. It's a bummer. Uh, see, this because is we're all interesting. Missing I didn't out. even know we were going to be talking about this. Now we're on a really intriguing topic. <laughs> I, I just remember um, at the end of one of my seminary classes, one of my uh, professors, Charlie Scalise, Shout out, Charlie Scalise. Shout out. We're just giving all the shout outs. You know, outs. this is the, uh, even as I'm about to say this, I'm like, probably this is the implicit bias thing, which is why I'd love to have an episode on this. We're so trained to, you know, look up or make heroes of the people that look like us. Hmm. So it's in, it's in my sort of subconscious best interest to value and look up to white men. Hmm. So it's the funny thing when we tell a story where it's like, here's another story about another time a white man did something good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even about Charlie, though. It was just a rare moment in seminary where, where at the end of the class, it was like the end of the quarter. So mm -hmm. the final class, last hour of the class. And he just said, it's tradition in, in my classes to spend the last hour listening to the experiences of the women. Hmm. So what has, we want to hear from you. Like, what has your oh. seminary experience been like? And, and the men don't get to talk. And oh. it was just crazy. Like, I started off thinking, well, what, what, what's, what's to be said? You know, I was, like, skeptical. I mean, this was, like, maybe eight years ago, you know. So 
I'm, I'm a slightly more evolved now. I wasn't like disinterested. I was very curious. Yeah, no. But, but I was like, this isn't going to fill an hour. <laughs> and it easily filled an hour. Oh, yeah, like, I'm sure. S- uh, probably, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there was about 40 people in the class, and I probably 15 of them women were women, probably. Mm-hmm. And just like heartache after heartache story. Tears, tears, and just more tears of just how hard it was to even apply to somebody, how they don't feel like they have a voice, how they mm. don't feel like they have a place, mm. how they've been mistreated, how nobody listens. And we just sat there like it was like holy ground, mm. you know, um, and listened to these stories. I've never experienced something like that in the seminary world. Hmm. But think about if we did that more. Yeah. And it, and it can't be, again, it's the bare minimum, honestly. It's it's this sweet moment where, like, you know, how convenient yeah. that I got to hear these stories to a certain extent. Yeah. It's it's really interesting when you think about. I, man, I, yeah, I didn't know we'd be talking about this. this I is, know. This is I so know. interesting. I just think it, it makes you... I don't know, as people, as a person who can live in like a very like life that can be surrounded by a lot of similar voices to mine, you, I don't want to stop asking myself the question of like, who's not at this table Mm -hmm. for like discussions and like, whose voice am I not considering? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that voice is, we have a voice and like our voice has a space and is valid, but so does everybody else. And their voice, like, we need every voice Okay, so this next part about voices is also wild. Everything we're talking about today, everything is wild. will be. It's like I, I wild. feel like we're trying to like tame a wild animal. Just, <laughs> the, 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 the the wild animal is this voice concept of voice. The in concept quotes. of voice, yeah. It's, it's running around, and we're trying to jump <laughs> on it and be like trying to get a sense of it. I tried to research it and kind of couldn't. <laughs> I just had to think about it. So here's here's what I'll say, and then I'd be we'll we'll take it from there. Okay, great. So. Um, Reuven, our friend. <laughs> I was like, what? What if it's an imaginary friend? What if someday all, all our listeners will be like, it's he's not even a real person, <laughs> Reuven. We promise, Reuven's real. <laughs> Reuven oh and I, I, I subscribe to a, a, a stream of philosophy that you'd call continental philosophy. Now, I have a brother who's a professor at Gonzaga. Now he started teaching this week. Shout he, out, he Shane. A listener. He, he would consider himself, and correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, an analytic philosopher. And both are very in- interesting and important. The work that Shane does in the world is so important. I subscribe to continental philosophy. So it, they're kind of different What's streams. What's the difference? Um, I, don't, I don't even want to pretend to give an official description of what the differences are. But here is... And I was not prepared for this. I, I'm okay. now I'm worried about my brother because he'll be listening to me like, that's not how you describe it. Even Reuben. <laughs> and I'm caught in between these two voices who are very passionate about these topics. How would you, to your uh, best to, of your the, knowledge? The difference is essentially analytic philosophy would think of truth and philosophy and the exercise of what they do as essentially um, figuring out and boiling down truth to, the, to its essence through proofs. It's almost like math. Hmm. It's like... Uh, an analytic philosopher starts with a statement or two mm-hmm. and then works to prove the statements. And mm-hmm. and essentially, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, friends and Shane, <laughs> now you've got that wrapped up. Hmm. You've done the work of proving the point, and we've got that figured out, and now we'll move on to the next thing. Hmm. And essentially the mindset is, like, we can figure these things out as humans. Mm-hmm. Continental philosophy is essentially saying... Um, it's almost like intellectual soup. Like none of this will ever get figured out. The best thing that we can do is put voice to it and um, try to express hmm. this world in some way. And and words and art and all of that is appropriate. But to think that we could ever truly figure it out and say something definitive hmm. is scandalous to the to the continental philosopher. You don't. Hmm. We're not even trying to do that. Yeah. So I'm going to say something about voice. To me, that that is rooted in sort of a continental philosophy mindset. So, 
<laughs> people, Reuven knows like a continental philosopher type that we love is Derrida. Another another guy that I love is Gadamer. I have a website or a, po- or a blog called Fusion of Horizons, which is inspired by Gadamer. Oh. And he wrote a book called Truth and Method. <sighs> and he, he's like my big life side, hero. Big side. So all that, here's a preliminary thing to say this about <laughs> voice. What I want to say is um, we are all rooted in a, lo- a cultural location. So if you picture like a GPS Apple map or whatever, you, you know, you hit the pin. We, we are all rooted in a cultural location. So it's, it's the place we were born. It's the family we were raised in. It's the city. It's the beliefs. It's the mythology. So, for example, I was raised in a white Christian household, which is beautiful and wonderful in some way. And my mythology and my stories and everything that I heard was uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien and, mm-hmm. and the Bible and Christianity and, and living in Kent, Washington and having my family sort of doubling down on their Scottish roots, even though I had other roots. You know, I have Native American roots, Cherokee Indian. I didn't hear much about that. I heard a lot about Scottish roots, so I have a lot of that. This gives me a, what you call, like, a cultural location. So uh, it it invalidates and validates everything I say at the same time. Hmm. It invalidates in the sense that it's limited. Hmm. So I'm only able to talk about truth and reality through my cultural lens. And it also validates it in the sense that that's an important lens. Hmm. So that's how we should treat everybody. And, and if everybody had that sort of mentality, it's like you come at every situation with this beautiful balance of confidence and humility. Like hmm. my voice is important, but everybody's voice is important. Yeah. And everybody is approaching this world through their own cultural the the buzz the buzz phrase is cultural location. <laughs> That's what I want everybody to hear. <laughs> the buzz phrase. Cultural Shot location. So uh, I think the continental philosopher. I think and and Shane, comment on our Instagram. <laughs> I'll give you a chance. The analytic philosopher We've says got a challenge. You to, got a comment. from my perspective says screw it, screw uh, cultural location. Truth is truth. Hmm. We we don't need to take that into account. But that's part of the truth. That's Perspective what I believe. is true. That's what I believe. Oh, but, the but, analytical. But there's actually analytic philosophy is probably more of a five way to think about things. Mm-hmm. There's sort of this getting out of all of that stuff or a belief that you can get out of it and, and look at things from an objective standpoint. Mm-hmm. What I believe that misses is what we call in heavy, heavy quotes, objectivity is will always be informed by our cultural location, mm-hmm. whether we like to admit it or not. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think I feel like that's kind it's, of it's a, an analytic it philosopher o- treated as math. It this seems is math. obvious to me that we're yeah. always informed by it. But and, and, but I, I and think Shane we're also and friends, I'm sure I'm sure you take this into account. And and talking to my brother is the easiest thing to do. It's not like he's like, I have one definition of truth. He's so curious. Yeah. So I don't think analytic philosophers are like these pretentious people that only view <laughs> they just approach things in a different way they yeah. i think they approach a conversation thinking we'll eventually get to the bottom of this hmm. and i think well you know what's yeah well that just Go makes ahead. me think of how i think a lot of people sometimes approach like religion or mm-hmm. spirituality or mm-hmm. like trying to understand the divine is that at the end of the day i'll somehow have figured this out and then i'll like no. That's how I did it growing up. I know. I did too. And then you realize very quickly, very quickly, it's probably not the right, but you realize that that's actually quite the opposite of what you should be. Like there's quite there's the no knowability. And honestly, getting to the bottom of something is a little boring because at the end of the day, you've gone to the bottom of something and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. I, I think honestly, uh, the first thing that comes to my brain is like the way we treat t- TV and movies. Like, you guys, someday we'll have Reuven on the show. Oh everybody God. knows Reuven and I are diehard fans person. of David Lynch and Twin Peaks. And so if anybody ever watched the newest season of Twin Peaks, it's called Twin Peaks The Return. Go Google Twin Peaks. I'm not going to explain it right now. That's I a waste can't of time. watch it. It's too intense it's too dark. for me. I've forbidden Macy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not forbidden, but it's pretty... <laughs> I'm not forbidden. Let's just make that clear. It's pretty obvious that based on my prior TV 
problems. It was did, not did, a show for Ruben me. Did Ruben ever show you any part of like episode eight? No. Okay. Well, maybe uh, I'll show you. But but um, <sighs> David Lynch and his art and his films and and Twin Peaks: The Return in particular is a actually beautiful sort of creation of continental philosophy. I don't mm. know if David Lynch would ever even understand or mm. know that. He doesn't talk about it. But yeah. there is no reference point. There is no central meaning. There's no there's no consistent story arc and it ends in absolute chaos. And I think his David Lynch's point is is sort of a continental philosophy spirit is like look to think that I'm going to wrap this up for you and that that's how life works. Right. And, and it sounds so hoity-toity art, but it's it's just true. Hmm. You know, um, it ends it ends in a continental philosophy way. Like it ends... Like with dissonance? It ends with dissonance, but also like, it's hard to describe unless you know the show, spinning you back out into oblivion <laughs> and unknowing. And you're like, what? That's how it ended? You know, like basically Twin Peaks fans waited for 25 years for the return of Twin Peaks and they assumed they were going to get some answers. And if anything, he brought you to the, the second to last episode of Twin Peaks, the return gave you answers. Mm-hmm. And then in, the, in the most frustrating and beautiful way, the fi- finale unraveled all those answers oh, and left you confused again. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think, I think maybe, maybe there's a false promise in this world that we're going to be given answers or, yeah. And, and if we can embrace it, we don't get answers. I don't even know how this relates to voice. I have, <laughs> I I have some thoughts. <laughs> I don't know if it does. <laughs> I want to say, say to everybody and myself that, that um, our cultural location gives us 100% validation mm-hmm. and at the same time limits us entirely. Mm-hmm. And We're I would want... limited wanna, by our perspectives. Yeah, and and yet wanna, we see the world through them. And I want to say how... Can, you, can everybody see? I hope so. And I can, hope I'm seeing it as I'm talking. How essential everyone's voice is. It's yeah. so essential. Yeah. I mean, especially if we're thinking about in terms of like these... What we were saying about women and, and people that, whose voices aren't typically heard. Yeah. Cultures whose voices have been lost. Yeah, and I think that there's something that's... Well... There seems to be a fear amongst people of like with this whole idea of like specifically like white fragility as mm-hmm. we're continuing to talk mm-hmm. about voice of like, oh, no, giving other people a voice. Like, am I going to lose my voice in the midst right. of this? And uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's this this huge fear. But I think that something that is essential to bringing forward everyone's voices and just like recognizing that everyone has a voice is that. We all gain from that. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wins when we can invite everyone's voice into the room mm-hmm. and like when we can hear other perspectives and like we're able to be more clear of what we're solving and how who we're helping and how we're helping when voices are actually being validated. And, and how heard. we're failing. Yeah. yeah. Like it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just... This is bringing up a lot of like a... Like just heavy thoughts of just like how important it is that in our daily, like in our lives, we're integrating like ask moments where we can invite people mm-hmm. into conversations. I don't mm-hmm. know how well I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it seems that sort of, uh, and, and this is, I think again, like uh, the heart of our podcast, like it seems like an engagement with art yeah. is, is another opportunity to do that. As in, like certain people voices. Are you going to talk about uh, Tyler Joseph? (laughs) (laughs) Were you asking that seriously or jokingly?
jokingly, but I'm also genuinely I interested. I am going to be oh, talking about Tyler Joseph. Okay. I'm, I now I'm am. faking surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I was just thinking Tyler about Tyler Joseph, if you're, if for some reason <laughs> you're listening for the first time, is the lead singer of 21 Pilots. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's the lead singer of 21 Pilots, and he is, in my opinion, there is, so it's Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn who are a part of this band, 21 Pilots. I... They are both mm. voices of the band. Mm. They really Ooh. are. Okay. And honestly, so are we. We are 21 Pilots oh. and so are you. That's like their wow. catchphrase. But I would like to specifically talk about Tyler Joseph's okay. specific Having voice. said that. Having <laughs> <laughs> that preface. The voice Fans, Josh Dunn, <laughs> thank you. We're going to talk about Tyler Joseph now. <laughs> he just has such a distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. In... Voice in, like, every sense of the word. Like, he has a very distinctive singing-slash-talking-slash-rapping voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I could recognize it within the first word he says, which is very cool and unique to him, and I think that's partially why he's famous. But uh, it's one of the reasons. But he has such a voice throughout. Gosh, I'm getting dings. I know. Sorry. There's a lot of distracting noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he... He has such a clear voice throughout all of his music and a perspective. And, like, part of his message is, like, validating his own voice and, like, validating everyone else's voices. It's, like, part of what his message is. So that's I love that. my first note about Tyler Joseph. The second note that I was just thinking about, which is so interesting in terms of voice, is in Blurry Face, this album that came out in 2015, is when he, like, really gets into, like, manipulating his voice musically. Mm. And I think that's where he, like, really starts to play with the concept of voice because you hear his voice in a ton of the songs, and then you hear this voice of blurry face, which is, like, a concept. I don't know what it is now in terms of trench and all that comes with that. But it's his own voice but it's his voice manipulated and telling him different things but it's his it's coming from within as well Ooh, so gosh. it's like this idea of we have our voice but then we also kind of have voices within our own voice like we have voices in our head voices in our head that's a totally different it's a totally different topic, topic yeah. but it's like wow that is also a thing that's affecting our voice mm-hmm. is that there's uh, what we say with our voice isn't always necessarily the voice that we would want to express. That is heavy. Yikes, yikes, yikes. What, what would you want to say about his like neck tattoo ink art thing? Well, I would want to say a few things. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's great. <laughs> so if you didn't know, Tyler wears like black paint and black, black paint on his neck and black paint on his hands. And it's, he's only talked about it in like one or two interviews, but it's like, everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wears Everybody it. knows this. <laughs> Anybody that's a 21 Pilots fan. <laughs> it's, it represents specifically, so his hands is what he creates, like his hands and his voice really is what he creates music out of mm-hmm. and creates some of the most intimate things. And Tyler also is, as much as he is a songwriter and a singer, he's also like a spoken word artist, which in itself could be a whole thing about voice and how saying spoken word and saying poetry gives it so much voice. But anyways, he's most proud of the things that he produces with his voice and with his hands, and yet he's also most insecure about them. Mm. And so they're the places where blurry face, that voice Mm. kind of takes hold. And like stifles him. And like suffocates. He talks about it like as a suffocating like experience, which, you know. It's dark. It's dark, but I think it's beautiful imagery and I think a little bit truth telling. Poignant imagery. I think it's, I think it. Sometimes it's troubling imagery. It's troubling, but I think it's, um, I think it's truth telling. Hmm. You know, we had all these, I had all these names down Kanye. 21 Pilots, Kendrick, Artists We Love, Voice, Joanna Newsom, Rebecca Sugar, 
the creator of Steven Universe. I love that you put Rebecca Sugar. And I, and I don't think we have time to talk about all these people. I, I think, think we so can either. just talk about Tyler Joseph and proving the point <laughs> of the sense of like, well, I think we can just talk about Taylor Joseph. <laughs> let, let me, yeah, let's, for the rest of the time, we're going to end by, by, by talking a little bit about what it means to us personally. Okay. Yeah. And then we got to wrap it up. Yeah. We're probably <laughs> over time. Um, so obviously Tyler Joseph has a cultural location. He does. And in addition to that, um, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that he's dealt with depression. He has. So that's another that's a, that's another location of sorts. I don't say cultural, but like it's it's a lens through which his voice gets used. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so interesting. Think about perspective, just the concept, but but then again, the literal voice, your vocal cords, mm-hmm. getting pushed out through these experiences and this perspective and this lens. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so important and valid. Yeah. And thank God Tyler Joseph has found his voice, but there needs to be yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more Tyler Josephs. You know, yeah. and I think that's what you're saying about him that's so great is like it's not about him. It's he wants to empower others. Well, yeah, and I think what makes his voice so like um why he has so many fans is that he really is just truth like telling from within. Mm-hmm. He really just like lets it out and it feels very authentic to himself and to his own voice. It doesn't seem like it's trying to uh, appease anyone or any audience or fit any certain standards. It's his own unique voice. The reason I think we even wanted to talk about this topic is this idea of imperfection. Yes. In music. Yes. Specifically. And thinking about Kanye, but then thinking about voice, like Macy was like posting pictures on her Instagram of like very flawed images of herself and like a sad face, (laughs) a a sad, a sad, a a moment when she's like crying and she posted as her like profile picture, (laughs) you know, and then then we were talking about Kanye and there's something wonderful and artistic and true about making himself sound bad and distorted. Mm -hmm. And that's his real voice. You yeah. Know, in quotes, but like uh, not in quotes. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into that, but well, like uh, well, just like note. briefly briefly like point out like so part of the listening party was the idea of the human voice and not in it being okay that it just being the human voice playing and it not sounding the way it's supposed to sound, but it being your unique voice. So if you listen to the listening party, Macy made something called the listening party, <laughs> listening party for your ears. It's on our feed. It's on our feed. <laughs> if you it listen- sounded like we hosted a listening party. Or something. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's a, a bonus episode thing. Um, and throughout it, there's like this one line that everyone sings and it's all these different voices. Mm-hmm. And I think, unconsciously and consciously on some level I really wanted to emphasize that like each person singing it brought their own way of singing it and Mm -hmm. that that like enhanced it that made it wholer and richer and it made the line have more meaning the more voices sang it in their own way yeah and for your purposes it wasn't important that they like sang on key no no and people kept being like I'm not a good singer and I'm like great you're you are a good singer actually like you're just you're just gonna sing the way you sing which is good yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, there's not such thing I as being a good singer really i mean if you think about this idea of like the voice or or american idol and these things that we've done to to hopefully oh, we're gonna hear some sound some way the, the voice we're not trained as a society to appreciate somebody's voice in terms of like here's somebody that's off key and they're singing, and they're telling their truth through song, you have something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just going to add that I went to an Episcopal service recently, and the sister or the priest, I think sister, she, like, they do, like, singing scripture, you know? Mm -hmm. And their voices are, like, no matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you are born into a good singing voice or not, that's a part of your like role is singing in front of this group and leading everyone in song. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if your voice is like angelic. That's not the point of it. You know, the point is just to sing and invite people into it and like it it be your own voice. I love that. So I was, I was inspired by that Mm. actually. Another thing 
I want to mention this, and it will be a placeholder because maybe we'll someday we'll do a whole up. We'll do a part two, voice part two. I think all these episodes are placeholders. Voice part two, like a Steven a Steven Universe placeholder, Enneagram placeholder, Kanye placeholder, T.O.P. placeholder. Um, Three people. uh, Sorry, they're all white men. Sorry, he's a white male who is white male surrounded by white men. Yes, it's the way it works, everybody. Get out of your zones. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. So we have. Bob Dylan, Tom Waits, and Leonard Cohen. Okay. These are all three famous white rock star types that have aged and embraced their changing voices. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So yeah. to most people, Tom Waits' voice sounds like crap. Mm-hmm. It's gravelly and raspy and weird. That's his voice. That's yeah. his literal voice, and it's his current perspective. And mm-hmm. Bob Dylan sounds weird. Bob Dylan has always sounded weird. <laughs> and Leonard Cohen actually is the biggest transformation because he doesn't sound at all like he did. And to a certain extent, Bob Dylan and Tom Waits have always sounded weird. Hmm. But but Leonard Cohen especially just got really deep, really strange mm. in, in a way that wouldn't be classically appealing. If you are the dealer... I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then mine must be the shame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. But I love, I love, love, love. I think you showed me him. Probably. That like, I'm experiencing this man's aged voice and Mm. he's using it. That's reality Hmm. and his continuing perspective. Like he's Hmm. writing songs that represent who he is now from Hmm. his lens. So it's like that voice, but his literal in heavy quote, strange voice. Most people are like, let's, let's change it. Let's listen to something else, you know, but this is his voice. And there's something profound about listening. to it. conclusion i think macy and i both wanted to share a little bit about like where we're at with our own voices do you want to say anything about that um what, what, like in terms of what expressing your own voice in the world but also maybe through this podcast mm-hmm. um sure i can say a few things about that okay. <laughs> uh first of all the podcast is on some level both validated and invalidated my voice similar to how wow. the like what's it called what was that catchphrase? Cultural location. Cultural location. Because on some level, it's like, well, there's your voice. It's recorded. It's mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that it literally is my voice it being put out there. Um, but I think, and that's like cool on some level. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also some level of it being like me getting all weird and existential and being like, oh, what is that besides just sound bites that's out in the world? And like, what does your voice have to do? And like, why would your voice make for like a podcast host? And I go crazy existential. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> that makes me think you have to be a four wing five. There is no seven in those thoughts. And there's actually no four in those thoughts. What do you mean? That is really hyper overthinking. Like, like I mean, it's my understanding that fours really go into their deep emotions. That's the hallmark of a four. Right. The five is is thinking, asking all those questions, never ending questions. I guess that's true, but I think these sevens don't do that. These questions are about what is this meaningful enough? But okay, so 
it's invalidated and validated. But then I think I also, then I come around. I've come around, basically, mm-hmm. around the bend of the existential crisis. And I'm like, well, I have a voice. I'm putting it out there, putting the frequency out there. Might as well try. Mm-hmm. Who cares? This I'm using my voice on some level. Like, Absolutely. I think it's better to use my voice than not and to trust it. And I think that this is fun and wholesome. So I, it's helped me also... Also, you guys, doing ASMR has just given me so much oh, that, more that, trust in my part voice. I wanted you to mention. It's there's something about it where when I'm doing ASMR, I literally am focusing first of all on my voice and the way it sounds, and like being very intentional about mm-hmm. the actual way my voice is going to sound and be received by other people. But it also is, I'm essentially putting it out there to no one. And it's this, like, my voice being put into the abyss and, like, Mm. seeing what catches. And I'm kind of, like, into it just being out there and at least just, like, trusting that, like, well, I put it out there. And I'm pretty, like, myself on ASMR. I'm probably my most, like, relaxed. Yeah, it's admirable. You seem very comfortable. It's so fun. Ah. (laughs) Do you have thoughts on voice, your own voice? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the podcast is... Um, an opportunity to, and, and this is probably the episode where it's most proven of like, if I'm thinking about writing a blog post or coming up with a talk or doing a sermon, mm-hmm. these are the venues that I typically use my voice in heavy quotes. Um, <laughs> I am doing a lot of editing and thinking and tailoring and fitting in and, hmm. um, I think the podcast, especially like on a night like tonight, it's it's more of this free form thinking. There's still some inner editing, but it, it's mostly just saying. I think the philosophy of the podcast in the background for me, and I think probably for you too, is <laughs> is this permission thing. Like mm-hmm. we're just gonna talk, and and maybe someday we'll find an audience. I I know people are listening to a certain extent, but like a broad audience, or not even like. Thinking of currently our core listeners, I sure I'm sure are our friends and family, which yeah. is so nice. That's so sweet and nice. Mm-hmm. And I also think, to a certain extent, our friends and family actually aren't our core listeners. Right. There are some sort of again in heavy quotes weirdos, <laughs> people that just like love talking endlessly about whatever topic. <laughs> And also just like the things we like, Steven Universe, ASMR, Kanye West, Toyama Pilots, and just sort of have this boundless, endless curiosity and aren't like, I can't believe you did a two-hour episode. Yeah, there's people out there who probably would prefer... Want a two-hour episode. Like, really long two-hour episodes, and there's a lot of people who would probably prefer... And that's fine. We're... we're we're trying to attract people that want a two-hour episode. I do. Yeah. If there's a... That's one of the things I've been saying is like... If I'm a fan of a podcast, I'm fine with a two-hour episode. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, there's a, there's, I think one of the reasons Macy and I, you and I started a podcast is that we rep, we noticed a vibe in our <laughs> daily interactions mm-hmm. that was something about this idea that a topic could start and we could go forever. Right. So let's harness that mm-hmm. and capture it and use it. So. And, and I think we haven't even, we could keep going on voice. That happens every week. It's I like, know. This is nothing. This is nothing. Um, <laughs> I also think that part of our, like, reason for doing this was that we validated each other's voices. Mm-hmm. I think that we both, first of all, we just, like, got along well. And that it helps, mm-hmm. I think. But I think that we both saw each other's voices as, like, having a unique perspective that probably was good for each other to hear. Like, it's probably helpful for me to get some, like, I don't know, more experienced. You know, what we really need in this world right now is a um, a white Queen Anne male voice. It's really (laughs) essential. It's hard for me to... (laughs) (laughs) Holy. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't think it's about that. I don't think it's about, like... No. Okay, I mean, Macy, this is interesting. Like, um... This past week, Macy hasn't been in the office because she doesn't work at our church anymore. She works at this other place. Coolest preschool ever. And Rebecca, shout out Rebecca, did this great devotional 
where she shared, and this is, might be a great way to wrap up, and I wish I had the actual quote in front of me, mm-hmm. but you'll get the point. Uh, Rebecca, the new high school intern at our church, led devotions, and she brought a passage from C.S. Lewis uh, from his book, The Four Loves, which I love. Mm. And The Four Loves is sort of a meditation on the different types of loves and relationships that we experience in our life. If you're familiar with that book, it's like sort of these, I think, Latin definitions of these core elements of love, like eros and agape and stuff like Mm. that. And um, this passage said, so they were meditating on, he was reflecting on this idea of when someone dies, Mm -hmm. part of us dies. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds very standard. We all can agree with that. But to, to think about this idea that like we all draw out something completely unique in the other person. Hmm. So hmm. I draw something unique out of you. You draw something unique out of me. Matthew draws something unique out of me. Oh, My wife, yeah. Marissa. And so when Marissa dies, part of me will die. Hmm. And you'll never see that side of me again. Hmm. And so I don't even think it's like this bonding thing. Like if you look at the podcast through that lens, or or not not bonding. It's it's not like you need this perspective in your life. No. You know you you need the Scott middle class white Queen Anne man's perspective. It's it's more of just the vibe. Like I think you bring something out of me that I like, and I like to think I bring something out of you that you like. Yeah. And yeah. that's the core of it. My mind is just blown when you think about that and you times that by like the, just the amount of like, I'm me, Macy, Matthew sitting next to me, Matthew. And now Matthew plus Macy is the relationship. And now we're not just Macy as an individual or Matthew as an individual. We're now a relationship. But then you're here. And what does that mean? You multiply that. It's kind of wild. Fusion. (laughs) It is wild and it's really sweet. And I think in terms of voice, and in terms of no small thing, um, there has been the, one of my big buzzwords is permission. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as crazy when I'm around you when my brain just keeps going. Yeah. We just give permission for just to say all the free thoughts and know that they're just free and open in their thoughts and our voices. And that doesn't mean they're um, solidified. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. The, the, your perspective and opinion and thought will change, you could, but you have permission to say it. I think that if we held people's thoughts more lightly and with ease, we would probably be a little less scared of everyone's voice, too. Uh, yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Well, personally, I feel invited to be more sort of ideation, just thinking out loud when I'm around you, and mm-hmm. maybe you feel the same, but mm-hmm. like then we can invite listeners like, Go ahead and go on your thought train. Mm-hmm. Go on the thought train. Like, we're giving you permission to do that. We are here for it. Thought train. We like yes. it. <laughs> we're not. We're 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 not. It's not even like we're patient for it. We celebrate it. We like it. We like the thought train. <laughs> we're, we're not like oh, we've been working on this for years. We can, we can really tolerate the thought train. Yeah. We don't tolerate it. We like it. Yeah. Um. Rants. And maybe you'll do that more with people in your life. You know. Yeah. Voice. Voice. Trust your voice. Trust that your voice is valid and that what you have to say is is worth saying and that your own perspective on things and what the way you experience the world is a valid way of experiencing the world. And your reflections on that have meaning and the world would lose something without your voice. Don't That's a good way to end. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.